It is so easy to forget stuff these days, isn't it? I mean, we have so many passwords to remember, so many things we have to type in if you're online, if you're trying to do stuff. I, I it, you know, you just get swamped. I mean, my, you know, I have, I have apps on my phone for sports networks and streaming services. You have to remember all those as well. And then oftentimes you don't have to remember them for a bit. And then suddenly you do and you forget them. So you have to reset them. And it's just all a bit of a hassle, isn't it? I always think of the irony that you have the world at your fingertips information-wise and half the time you can't access parts of it because you just can't remember what your passwords are or what your PIN numbers are, for instance. Well, we live in an era, again, where all that information is so easy to find, but we kind of stand in our own way. How can you improve your ability to remember stuff? It is an age-old question, right? Um, one of the things I do is I write lists. You know, you sort of develop routines where you always put stuff in the same place. But that's pretty small fry stuff compared to what we're about to talk about. Um, there are actually memory athletes out there, people who train and compete to be able to bring their ability to memorize stuff to an elite level. And when I say elite, I mean elite, um, you know, 100 meter dash in less than 10 seconds kind of stuff for the brain. Take the deck of cards and memorizing the entire random order of one in less than 30 seconds or about a minute most. Have a listen. Queen of clubs, nine of spades, six of clubs, seven of spades, three of hearts, uh, ace of hearts, two of clubs, uh, eight of hearts, four of clubs, two of spades, four of hearts, six of diamonds. Nelson Dellis, uh, he is the five-time USA memory champion. And he is able, as he's explaining in that video, there's actually some applause afterwards, which would have made it a little more enlightening if you'd heard it, but where he's taken a deck of 52 cards and then without looking at them has said what each one's going to be. He can do it backwards and forwards. Um, his other achievements, including memorizing 235 names in 15 minutes, that was a record, uh, and many, many more. There is a technique here. There are skills you need to perfect to allow your mind to turn long sequences of numbers or a deck of playing cards or a list of random words into something that your brain wants to remember or can remember and can sort so you can memorize it and then recall it later. And all of this can help you, of course, in your everyday life when it comes to memorizing other stuff. It is a really interesting way of approaching it. And all these memory uh, athletes, so to speak, tend to use the same kind of technique to do this that involves sort of visualization, journey. I'll let Nelson Dellis explain it. He is the five-time USA Memory Champion, author of Remember It and Memory Superpowers. He's also CEO of a, and founder of Climb for Memory, and he joins me now from upstate New York. Thanks for your time tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. I guess when looking at your biography, one always thinks, oh, did someone tell him when he was young that he had a great memory and he should do this? Or is there a story behind this that's different? And there's a story behind this that's different. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely not the first thing you said. I don't think anybody growing up had ever said that about my memory. It was pretty average. I wouldn't say it was like horrible or anything, but it just was like nothing to write home about. I only got interested in memory after my grandmother was developing symptoms of Alzheimer's and eventually she passed away and just going through that and kind of seeing that sparked my interest in the mind memory, what you could do to improve it. If anything, I was curious about that. And lo and behold, there were these weird memory championships that took a hold of me. 
I, I, it's such memory is such a puzzling thing, isn't it? If you think about it, it's such a very interesting thing. And most of us, I guess, if you look at what a lot of people in the sort of memory athlete space do, it's amazing how little we train our brain. Yeah. I mean, when you, I, of course I've used mnemonics like in school, maybe a teacher might say, Hey, here's a little trick to remember this. And it would be funny or something. And you remember it. I can even think of songs. My, some of my teachers when I was very young taught me that, you know, gave me a certain bit of information. Like I still remember the Greek alphabet because uh, my second grade teacher sang it in such a way, you know? Wow. Yeah. And we all have stories like this with certain things for whatever reason. So memory is funny in that sense. But when I first saw the memory championships and the things that people were doing, I was just like, how is this human? How are these people just ordinary humans? Because that's what a lot of them would keep saying in interviews or the champion would say something at the end of the competition and he'd be like, "Ah, anybody can do this. I'd be like, what? Anybody? Really? Are you sure? Have you met me? <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that's that's really what it is. It's these techniques that we're all capable of. Nobody's ever really taught us it because I guess in the modern day, it's memory isn't needed. That's kind of what's kind of thought, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, everything's so available to us that we sort of get lazy. It's a bit like being a couch potato for the brain, right? You don't <laughs> yeah. need to call on it too, too often. But some of the feats, and you, and you mentioned them, are truly, some of your feats have been truly astounding. The amount of names one can remember in a short period of time, the amount of how quickly you can memorize a, a long number, for instance, or a deck of cards. Sure. I mean, how quickly are have you been able to do that over the years? Yeah. I mean, and it's funny because even my performance or, 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 or records, personal best, kind of pale in comparison to what is now the current, like it's always changing. You know, everybody's new competitors come in, they push the limits, they come up with new systems. They just have an incredible vigor to like push the sport. Like for example, when I joined the world of memory, uh, competitive memory in the U S the record for memorizing cards was about a minute and a half, 90 seconds, which is still amazing. I mean, you give a deck of cards to anybody on the street. You could probably do that to most of Manhattan talk to everybody, put them in line and ask them, hey, memorize this. You would not get a single one unless there was a memory champion there uh, yep. who could do it in five minutes. So when I heard that and and that was like the record I was trying to go for, it seemed so far away. But in a short amount of time, I was able to get there with technique and practice. And you know, my personal best to this day is still just a hair under 30 seconds. To memorize the sequence of an entire deck of yeah. cards, forwards which is, and backwards, yeah, forwards and backwards. It is, yeah. it is, it is remarkable. I yeah. mean, you're a and mountain climber too, right? So you know all about training. I'm a big fan of doing out of the ordinary training for really out of the ordinary things. So, yeah, I mean, what I do to prepare for mountain climbs, and I'm talking about big mountain climbs, is different. You know, it's for a completely different skill set, but it in terms of mentality, it's quite similar to how I push my mind and training uh, for memory competitions. Yeah. Everest, right? <laughs> Speaking of Everest, yeah. yeah. Tall, or 8,000 meter peaks. Yeah. Yeah. That's about as tall as it gets. A lot of folks, uh, and I've heard you explain this in different forms, wonder how it is that you do do it. And if you read about yourself and other memory champions, it's it's an interesting technique because it's very visual. And, it, and you're right. I've heard you explain it as sort of appealing to what the mind likes. The mind doesn't like memorizing sequences the mind likes a narrative and that's how you do it yeah i mean we are i think as a species built to tell stories um that's who we are as a core you know and that's how we were able to survive all these thousands and thousands of years is by passing on stories we need to do it as much because like you said everything's at our fingertips but if you think about it we tell stories all the time and when someone tells a good story 
isn't it amazing how captive you become into that world? How like you, it draws you in. There's something about a good story, which is why we love movies, why we love books, why we love songs with good lyrics, right? Uh, or we listen to someone on stage tell an amazing story. We can't move our eyes from them. And that's just what our brains are wired to do. So essentially all the memory techniques that we use, you could argue is just a fancy storytelling technique, a lot more structured and organized than just telling a whimsical story, but essentially it's that, you know, and what is a story, a good story, but, you know, painting pictures and using your imagination and describing things in a lot of detail, using all the senses, you know, so to immerse yourself as, since you can't be there, right? Uh, the storyteller is there to make you feel like you were there, right? And so if you are your own storyteller um, and you're listening to that story in your mind and you do it the right way in a captive way, you're going to remember it, you know? And that's kind of what we're doing when we look at, the, at a deck of cards or a string of numbers is it's a really captive story. That you tell yourself, right? I mean, I've heard yeah. you say there's two steps to it. There's a visualization, which we're talking about, and then there's storage, which of course you have to retrieve yeah. it. And that a lot of that involves images and a walk through a place you know well. And it was such, I mean, I tried it, obviously. I wasn't so good at it. But what an incredible technique. Yeah. So one step further from just thinking about it's a story is how do you organize, say, the different stories that you have for different things that you're memorizing? And so you need to have some kind of way to structure the information and, and store it, right? It's a storage issue. Because oftentimes with memory, it's not so much you forgot, it's just you couldn't find it in your mind. You know, you know it, it's on the tip of your tongue. If somebody were to kind of give you a clue, you'd be like, ah, yes. And then you it may come all diarrhea out of your, your mouth, you know, like yeah. it's just a matter of, of recall, right? Knowing where right. it is in your mind and you can't get it. So that to me says, okay, well, you're putting the information in there wrong. It needs to be put in a way that is easier to find, you know, ancient civilizations, um, such as the Greeks, for example, knew they had this technique and they're um, famous for it, which is the method of loci, uh, also known as the memory palace or mind palace. But basically you're envisioning some mental uh, representation of a physical space um, that you know well. Um, I guess back then they all had palaces, the people who were doing this. Yes. But, uh, it could it could be your apartment. It could be your, your studio apartment, right? It doesn't have to be a massive place, but any place, because our minds are really good at remembering uh, spatial information and layouts of things without much effort. To think of a place, you don't really want to have to memorize a whole new thing. It should be something that's kind of easy to think about. And then what you do is you imagine yourself in that space walking through it and you can layer around that place all the images or the, the stories, you know, that represent the actual information. Yeah. When you want to come back and retrieve that information, all you got to do is think of the place, walk back through it. And if you did your job well, the information should still be there. I know it sounds simplistic, but if you were to take something as simple as, you know, a, a 20 digit sequence. How do you how, you then visualize little segments of it as certain things and then place them within that path and then walk around it to, to, to refresh your memory as to what they were? Correct. The only hurdle there is, well, then how, how do you come up with an image for all the numbers? Right? Yeah. Through for, um, you know, one, two, three, four, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I have, and then a lot of memory athletes do this. They have a system um, since you know what you're going to get, right? When you see a number, you know, that there's only nine digits, zero through nine. There's not going to be a surprise digit you've never seen before. Right. Um, so you can create a system that represents different combinations and you can get pretty intense on this. I mean, you can have a, a system that just each digit alone represents something. So you just have 10 different images preset that whenever you see that number, 
you know, you think of something else. So like eight, whenever you see an eight, instead of thinking of the symbol, the abstract symbol eight, you maybe think of uh, like a snowman, right? Like right. Christmas time, because it looks like a snowman, right? But a lot of memory athletes will go a step further and, and do every pair of numbers. So that's a hundred possibilities, right? Zero, zero, all the way to 99. Right. And then even further, you could do a three-digit system, which is a thousand images, which is uh, what I have. So when I see a number, no matter how big it is, I break it into chunks of, I'm, I'm simplifying this a bit, but chunks of three, and I turn them into the images that I know. It's like a language that I've learned. And those are the images that go in my memory palace. So it's a lot more memorable than just a bunch of random symbols, which are these, you know, AKA numbers. Right. It's rem- and then and then you walk through it. Yeah. That, yeah. And then it? and then I so I place it. That's the memorization part. And then of course later on I want to say it or write it down or recall it in some fashion. And that's when I go back through it. I pick up the pieces. I pick up the images that I had left strewn about that location. It is remarkable. How do you apply that then to, I mean, when it comes to the us mere mortals who may not have time to train as effectively as that, how could you use that in everyday life to try to just improve your ability to remember certain things like, I don't know, pin numbers, phone numbers, you know, the usual stuff. Although we have so much of it at our fingertips these days, it's good to keep, as you know, it's good to keep the brain working out. If we're just talking about numbers, there's different levels of how to encode the numbers into words or or make other pictures. You don't have to get as complex as as mine. But the whole memory palace idea, you know, coming up with a picture for whatever you're memorizing, think of it like an association, something that makes you think of in a funny, exaggerated way. And then placing it in memory palace, anybody can do that. It doesn't really take much time, you know, and, and for the beginner who is curious, I would just suggest, you know, think of your house, start at your front door and imagine walking through it and choose 10 locations, right? So like the entryway could be another, maybe off to the left is your living room. You know, there's a couch there. Maybe there's a a TV set. You can use pieces of furniture, right? And just kind of make a little tour of your house until you've hit 10 things. You can do more, but 10 is a good place to start. And then find next time you go get a grocery list or just go ask someone for 10 random words. And imagine those words or, or an image of those words, one at each location. You'll be surprised how easy it is to just suddenly memorize this list. And what's better is you have it by doing that, you'll have it forwards and backwards because the order of that list is now preserved by this natural pathway that you would imagine going through this place that you know. It's amazing. I mean, you must, since you began this, let's call it a journey 14, 15 years ago, almost now, it's yeah. it's remarkable what you must have found out about the power of the mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never imagined I'd set out on this journey and I didn't expect to find the things that I found. Um, At first, you know, I was just curious about this world of memory techniques. I I was a bit skeptical that someone like me, an average person, couldn't get in on that, so to speak. But, um, you know, here I am 15 years later, and I've just learned so many things about the mind and the potential that we have. Remarkable. Do you still do do things, normal things, like forget your keys and lose your wallet and all the things that we all do? (laughs) Yeah, you should have my wife on the show because she will tell you a whole other side. (laughs) <laughs> of me. You know, at the at the core of everything in terms of memory, it's all focus and uh I will admit that sometimes I do not focus. So um yeah. that's another problem. Don't we know that? Nelson Dallas, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you.